You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at chumpacasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to my first show. It's your host, Eva Price. But more importantly, it's my guest, my good pal, Ali Stroker. Hello. <laughs> oh my God. I'm 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 getting the um, the shivers, the the like excited feeling because it's like Aww. I'm with my friend, but I'm so not with my friend. <laughs> no, I know. It's so strange to not have seen anyone. <laughs> It really has. It's, you know, for social beings like you and I, it's, um, it's probably the toughest part of all this. Yes, I agree. Yeah, yeah. It's I, really been weird. <laughs> I went to, um, I, I went to a farmer's market not Ooh. long ago, and a lot of rules, which I applaud, and, and I appreciated. Um, but to just be around, like, human beings, in out in the outdoors doing something yeah. like communal was yeah, huge it was remarkable yes um i have been out of the city in massachusetts for two months but we came back last weekend and i've been in the city and just the transition was so huge because i just hadn't seen anyone or talked to anybody and uh new york is definitely quiet and, and not, you know, not as, as busy, but you know, people are still out and about. And of course, cause it's nice out, people are out by the river and, and whatnot, but, uh, it's been so odd to, to have the world kind of stop. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I, I agree. I agree. And the world is so hard right now that, yeah. you know, I, and it's one of the reasons why it's so fun to talk with you because, first of all, you make me laugh <laughs> and you make me smile. But, like, I love diving into these questions that we talk about on my first show because they, for me, it, they bring me back to just a simpler time. And, yes. damn it, I kind of need it for the next hour. <laughs> yes. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> so, as we always start, um, you know, th this is a trip down memory lane. It's a nostalgic excursion to the things that made us the theater lovers and theater artists that we are. 
So I start with the same first question every episode, which is, what was the first show you ever saw? The first show I ever saw on Broadway was Beauty and the Beast. And I loved it. It was, I went in first grade and um, I remember just being so thrilled by um, the the production and the talent and the dancing and the costumes. It was just everything, everything I loved all in one, (laughs) in one show. And, uh, and it really, I, I had been introduced to theater before that, but seeing a Broadway show really, I think cemented in place that I knew I wanted to be on Broadway. Had, had you seen like, a non-professional show at that point locally? Definitely. Okay. Yeah. So I, um, I grew up going down to the Jersey shore in, on Long Beach Island. And there was a theater called, um, surf light theater and they had, uh, professional productions, but they also had a children's theater. And that was so, so, so fun. Every time we would go and it would be, you know, my brother and me and all my cousins. I don't even think my sister was around yet, but uh, we loved it. And it was interactive. And at intermission, um, anybody who had a birthday, I think, like, you know, in the next month could come up on stage and we did the birthday song. And it was just this really inclusive, beautiful children's theater uh, that that Surflight had committed and and dedicated a lot of their their season to and 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 it was packed always whenever we would go. <laughs> and did I mean was there a feeling or or like a specific experience that you saw on stage that you were like, yep, that's me. I'm doing this. Well, I think because of my experiences as a little kid and. Um, you know, for, for people that don't know my story, I was hurt in a car accident and I became paralyzed and I used a wheelchair or I use a wheelchair. And, um, so when I was little, I was always, I think, looking for ways to escape and ways to, um, you know, be taken out of my reality, uh, if I'm being very honest. And so theater, when I was in the theater, live theater is so powerful. You really believe that you, you know, you, you take a trip to whatever world that's being created in front of you and the characters become your friends and you root for them or you don't like them or, or whatever. But, uh, as, as a kid, that to me was so appealing and, when I was first introduced to theater, I always, you know, I've told this story many times, but we did a backyard production of Annie mm. and it was directed by a 12 year old girl who was my next door neighbor who had just come home from stage door manor. <laughs> and, um, she was so committed and so serious about the production. And I just loved how, intense it was mm. like there was something so fun to me about the the feel and the commitment and the um dedication to what we were doing uh i also felt pretty free in that scenario like in that situation and i'll explain sort of further yeah. so i grew up in a big sports town right and sports 
so many sports I, I couldn't do. And I didn't love being in environments where my limitations were my face. It just felt really frustrating. And so theater, I didn't really feel limited, especially singing. Mm. Um, you know, for me, for me, when I sang, not only was I able to do what everyone else was doing, but I was actually really good. And so <laughs> that made me feel so confident and it made me feel so um, able. And I think as a kid, I was looking for uh, places to feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's amazing. That, that it's, it's incredible to find a powerful outlet that feels uniquely yes. you, right? Yes. Yeah. And I needed one so badly. I really needed an outlet because, you know, when you're younger, you don't always have the words. And, you know, there were so many moments that I really felt like I had to be strong for my family, not just for me. And so when I was doing theater, you know, I wasn't doing it with anybody in my family. And there were all these opportunities to have all these different emotions. And it was a safe place to feel. I, I love that you were inspired by like the little Jerome Robbins girl next door. <laughs> to oh, become, yeah. to You're like, she's tough and domineering and it makes me feel good. That's, oh, yeah. I, mean, I loved it. I loved how seriously she took it. And, and it was really, it was so fun. I, I had so much fun, you know, my first experience. Got you ready for Daniel Fish. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. On to our next question. Allie, tell us about your first professional show, which can be anything. Backstage crew, Usher. I'm assuming you actually were acting, but just in case it was anything else. We'd love to hear about that. So I, um, when I was 11 years old, I, uh, auditioned for a group called the kids for kids project. And it was a, uh, group of young professional kids who, um, most of them were Broadway kids. They were kids that were doing Broadway shows, but, um, I auditioned for the, for the group and we did this tour, where we did a variety show and the group raised money for Duchenne muscular dystrophy. Mm. And it was this really fantastic variety show. And um, I believe the first show we did was at SUNY Purchase or Symphony Space. No, Symphony Space was the first show. And um, and uh, I, I remember just being so excited about performing in New York city and, um, I, I, I counted it as a professional show, even though it wasn't like a, I guess it was a full production cause we had costumes and <laughs> choreography. Um, but I, I just, I was young. I was like 11 or 12 years old and, um, I was surrounded by professional kids and, um, it was just, I knew I wanted to do this professionally. Like the, the, the talent and the camaraderie and also the fact that this group was raising money and, and doing good for, um, for Duchenne muscular dystrophy affects, um, young boys. And Mm -hmm. unfortunately there is not a full cure and they usually pass away by the time they're 18 or 19. So it was a, you know, it was something that you felt like you were really making a difference. And, um, 
it was also the moment that I knew that I wanted to be sure that my work in my life was also to help people as well. Yeah. And how, like, what was the process of getting cast? Did, did you see a, did you see an ad for it? Did someone come and find you? Was, did you have a stage mom? <laughs> how does that all happen? No, right. So, okay. So a little bit more details about Annie. So the girl who directed Annie was Rachel Antonoff who is a dear, dear friend of mine, obviously introduced me to theater. Um, She also, full circle, she's now a fashion designer and made my dress for the Tonys. Oh, wow. But she was in this group. And at the time it was called Kids with Heart. And then um, they, they changed the group a little bit and then it was called the kids for kids project. So she was the one who, who, you know, introduced me to this group. Wow. Oh, that's funny. That's really yeah. funny. So Rachel was a big part of why I ended up where I did. And why you ended up with a kick-ass Tony dress, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, it's yellow, right? I, it's like in my mind. Yeah, and I wore yellow today because I forgot that this was a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe it would be on Zoom or something. I don't know. I, can, I don't know what I was. Thinking. I can hear the yellow. I can hear so the I'm yellow. In yellow dress, Eva, for you. <laughs> that makes me so happy. That makes me really <laughs> happy. Oh my god. We don't usually go into second professional shows, but I'm just curious. Did you go straight from Symphony Space to Broadway, or did you have other professional gigs in between? No. So my first Broadway. So, so after Kids for Kids, um, the Kids for Kids project, um, I I did a lot of um, I did a lot of theater like in my hometown, mm-hmm. and um, and I also did the Paper Mill Playhouse Summer Conservatory, which was like a you know a, a summer theater theater uh, project kind of thing. But my first Broadway show was. Uh, Deaf West's Spring Awakening, which was a revival done in 2015, um, directed by Michael Arden. And that's when I made my Broadway debut. Um, And that was so cool. Um, I still have such wonderful, wonderful memories of that show. And uh, it, it was a wild process because we did the show twice in Los Angeles before it came to Broadway. And, you know, doing a show in LA, in my mind, I was like, there's no way you do a show in LA and then it goes to Broadway. <laughs> like, well, that's not how it works. And, uh, you know, I, I was living in LA at the time I had done the Glee project in Glee and, um, feeling probably, I remember a bit discouraged because, Every time I would get a, a break in 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 getting a job or getting exposure, I always thought like, "Oh, this is going to make things easier." Mm. And you know, even to this day, like that that thinking doesn't help you yeah. to like think that there are things that are going to make this profession, this career, easier because because it's always challenging. Um, it's what I've learned, it's equally or even more rewarding. So it's always worth it, but it's, it doesn't ever get easier. (laughs) Does by thinking it might get easier, make you let your guard down to be disappointed more? Like what, what is actually the wrong, why is it wrong to think that? 
think it's wrong to think that because to expect that things will come easy puts you in a mindset of expectation Mm. um, and having expectations from the business. And I have never found that easy, that helpful. It's not helpful to expect that people are going to know you or to even like, you know, when you say you audition for a show and, you know, someone you've worked with or a friend is like directing or choreographing or producing to expect that maybe you're going to get a break from them because of that or because you've done Glee and, you know, the Glee project and you have like people know, you know, people are starting to know who you are, then then the auditions will come more frequently or you will get more shows. It's just not the way it works ever. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Or at least not for me. And so... um, so I I have just learned about having expectations and getting my hopes up and that like nothing is nothing is for sure and so um in that I have learned how important it is for me to have a life outside of my career yeah. so you know if if I end up you know if something doesn't go my way and I'm disappointed that I have other things that I that I love and that I care about that I can lean on. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and you know, you do a lot of work outside theater, which is what I'm excited about as a fan and a friend. Um, I think I saw on social media that you may or may not have made an appearance on my favorite television show, Yes, (laughs) which I have not watched yet. Yes, it is my, it is. I'll admit it here to the audiences of this podcast. My favorite show is The Bold Type on Freeform. <laughs> That's hilarious, Eva. <laughs> I love it so much. I, 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 I used to be a journalist, so partially I think it brings me back to like my days as a you know early New Yorker making my way in the news business. But um, I'm a Sutton Brady. I can't. I won't lie. I love her. I love her lots. <laughs> I love that. With a little bit of cat. A little bit of cat. So cute. I love that. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, so, and, you know, and I think, like, your, your, your work with with um, Judy Human's memoir, um, Being Human. Can you tell us about that for, for yes. a minute, what that was like? 
Yeah, I met Judy after I played her on an episode of Drunk History on Comedy Central. <laughs> they told the story of 504, which is when um, it was before the Americans Disabilities um, Act was passed, but it was when, um, you know, they were beginning to make laws around accessibility um, for people with disabilities. And she was one of the leaders of the of the movement. And um, I didn't know her. I never had heard of her. And when I got to play her, I became so excited and um, really motivated to learn about the history of people with disabilities. And uh, I got to meet Judy. We went to juniors in Times Square <laughs> and had cheesecake because she's a Brooklyn girl and loves cheesecake from juniors. <laughs> and <laughs> exactly. And then um, her memoir was coming out and she asked me to read the audio. And um, getting to read her book aloud was so powerful for me. And uh, she has really, really changed my life in so many ways, just bringing my awareness to the kind of work that it took to change our country um, to make things accessible for people in uh, wheelchairs or with all different kinds of disabilities. And what's really cool is um, we're coming up on the 30th anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act. Wow. And, um, I am, you know, the ADA generation. Um, I was hurt in 89 mm-hmm. and the law was passed in 1990. And so I have only lived my life knowing that I was, you know, going to have access, even though a lot of the world is not accessible still. Yeah. We still have a long way to go. And uh, Eva, you know what I'm talking <laughs> Broadway about. theaters, poor Hemplo. Exactly. <laughs> you know, the work that you and I did to make yeah. Oklahoma possible for me, you know, I'll never forget that. And that means so much to me that, um, you know, my my colleagues and the people I work with want to make things accessible because for me, accessibility means freedom. It means independence. And so Judy's book is just an incredible story of her life. And, you know, I, I am so, so I feel so grateful to know her. Um, she's still, she's still an activist to this day. Um, and if you have a chance to watch Crip Camp on, uh, Netflix. Uh, Judy is in it as a teenager. They have footage um, of her in the seventies at a camp um, with all of her friends with disabilities, and then you sort of learn how um, all of the activism started. That's how I learned about Judy. Actually, I, I, you know, this is this is the month for streaming, the months for streaming, and so I, I came upon Crip Camp. I watched it. I got to know Judy. First of all, she's a badass. She's, she's hot as hell. (laughs) She she was like such a, like, as, as a teenager, she was like this sexy phenomenon (laughs) that like ruled that camp. I was like, yes, Judy human. And I know even as a teenager, right? I know. I know. It was really compelling, really compelling. Yeah. Well, I'm thrilled that you have her in your life and you got to meet her and it's 
it, I can't believe it's been 30, it's going to be 30 years. I can't believe it's only 30 years really for ADA. That's the remarkable thing. I know. It's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. Um, our last question of our four question series is if you could be in any show anywhere at any time, what would it be? Ooh, good question. (laughs) Hmm. Well, I keep talking about wanting to do little shop Mm. um, and play Audrey. Uh, (laughs) I think that would be really cool, but because of, you know, where we are in the world right now, I think it would be also be amazing to do hair. I think it'd be amazing to play Jeannie and hair. Um, but as far as where and when, yeah, uh, I love, I mean, I love working on Broadway. It's, it's really, really so exciting. And, you know, it's still, it still is, you know, I still feel like my 11 year old self, um, you know, when I, when I am doing a show on Broadway, like, you know, there is something that taps into my younger, um, my younger self who just wanted that so badly. But I do also, I would love to do something. I would love to do a show, um, in a place where the story is really needed. Mm. I really believe in like arts and activism yeah. and how it can really like change things. Um, and so uh, I don't know what that looks like. And as our world changes so yeah. quickly around us, um, mm. it's actually gotten, gotten me thinking a lot about what kind of art I want to do and where. Um, yeah. And I don't know if, you know, maybe New York is the place that needs me or a production with me in it, or maybe it's somewhere else in the world yeah. or in this country. Um, so I'm not answering this question very well, <laughs> um, but um, you I'd are to play Audrey in Little Shop. I'd love to play Jeannie in Hair, and I would also love to originate a role mm. on Broadway. Yeah. You know, that would be really exciting, and uh, and I I don't know I. I I, I sometimes think that when I get too specific, I then set myself up so <laughs> to maybe be disappointed. So, But I am now. I have reached a point in my career where I can be in the driver's seat a little bit more yeah. and to begin to propose ideas to people. So um, I... I do continue to dream about what is possible next. And uh, the other part of it is that I would really love to do a movie. Um, yeah. That's not, a, that's not a, that's not a show or, you know, that's not live theater, but um, I would love to do a movie and um, can't say anything right now, but there is some things in the works. Good. So good. Good. Those are, those are exciting things. Yeah. I love all that. No, that's great. I mean, listen, this is this this is a show about dreams coming true and actually living our dreams. And so I hear you. I am the queen of don't say the thing because then you'll be disappointed by it. But <laughs> exactly. o- Oprah 
taught us how to secret things as well. Yes, yes. <laughs> Which means they do need to be said. They need to be they need to be broadcast. They need to be podcasted. And then they sometimes happen. So Jeannie Hare, Audrey Little Shop, and Feature Film were secreting yes. it to the world. Yes. Right now. Thank you. <laughs> right now. It is out. I'm making a movement with my hand. It is out there. Um, so we have, we have a surprise final section of the podcast that we don't tell our guests about. At, at some point, people okay. are going to figure it out when they start listening. But <laughs> for, for now, it's still a surprise uh, where I name a famous classic musical and you name the one word or multiple words emotional theme of that musical. Okay. Um, there's really no wrong answer, but I have an answer in my head and it's my own little game that I play with you to see, to see if we match up. So we put uh, 30 seconds on the clock. There's no clock. Okay. No one's putting anything, but <laughs> in the game show <laughs> way, we put 30 seconds on the clock and um, we barrel through where I say the musical, you say the theme, and we move on to the next one. And here we go. Hair. Hippies. The Wiz. Home. Assassins. Murderers. Oliver. Food, glorious food. Dream Girls. And I am telling you. <laughs> the chorus line. Um, dancers. Cabaret. Sally Bowles. My Fair Lady. Cockney Accents. Sweeney Todd. Uh, the Meat Pies. <laughs> you, did great. you did great. I did it? You did. You did great. Oh my, oh my gosh. I got so nervous because sometimes, you know, when you do those kinds of games and, and if you don't know something, like I was always bad at that game, like films where you had to like name the movies right. that someone was in. And then like, so I got, I got a little nervous that maybe there was something <laughs> that I wasn't going to know. <laughs> you did great. You did great. Okay. Everyone has very different answers, which is why this makes me laugh so hard. <laughs> That's amazing. I love it. Um, Allie Stroker. I was about to say Allie Marie Stroker. Do you have a middle name? It's Mackenzie. Mackenzie. You were close with the M. Marie is a very like 80s or 90s baby middle name. Um, yeah, I, I, that when I don't know someone's middle name, I add Marie. It just feels right for some reason. Marie feels right. Josh, Marie or Elizabeth? Josh Marie Altman, our show's producer. <laughs> Brittany Marie Bigelow, our show's engineer. Um, Love it. Um, Allie McKenzie Stroker, you are a delight. You are um, my hero. You are one of my favorite human beings and quite possibly my most favorite Broadway star. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much, Eva. Your friendship means so much to me. And thank you for just always believing in me and, and always wanting to be on the right side of history. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, speaking of history, we're going to get through this piece of it and we're going to look back on it. And I hope, I really hope that we're all going to have learned and changed from it. And if there's anything relating to that, that you want to share, you know, um, to inspire us yeah. off, I'd love to I just hear your that, thought. Yeah. I think change is the only option and change starts with yourself. So 
you know, as scary as it is to look at where you've made mistakes, um, as scary as it is to learn new things, um, even when you're in a place in your life where you feel like you are on top of the world, it's so, so important to dedicate your life to change. And that means with yourself and with the world. And there is um, a very, very clear ask that is being um, yeah. called out to us to, to, to change and to support and to understand. And um, Black Lives Matter, I am so, so, so moved by this entire um, time in history. And uh, I, I know that we will change. And I hope that um, we will see those changes happen soon. Yeah. Yeah. We, me too. And I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that we will because the only place to be right now is to be hopeful because otherwise it's too devastating. Yeah. Um, uh, because the pain is so prevalent and so massive. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you for that. All right. You take care. Um, so much thanks for being here today. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Have a good one. I met a boy called Frank Mills on September 12th right here. My First Show is produced by Josh Altman, MEP, Dory Berenstein, and Alan Seals, and is part of the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode was edited by Derek Gunther. Special thanks to Leslie Papa and Whitney Holden-Gore at Vivacity Media Group. For more info about the podcast, visit bpn.fm backslash myfirstshow. Follow me on Instagram at Eva R. Price. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org because only together we rise. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.